0: Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Okay, so um, it's February. I'm recording this actually two days before February officially starts, but when this is released, it will be February, which in my world, in primary care, especially, you know, primary care physician, I own my own practice, I am my own boss, This is the time of year that I have to start making decisions about summer vacation and summer plans and summer hours, which always feels particularly cruel because it's still very cold and snowy out there. And my brain's not really in a place that it wants to do much planning or thinking. It's tired. It just wants to keep its head down. But um, I know from the past, if I don't do summer planning now, summer arrives and I forgot to do anything. I forgot to plan anything. I forgot to actually book any time off. And then I am mad at February Joan for not at least trying to make this summer different. So um, I wanna tell you actually a bit of a story um, about one of my friends as well as a coaching client, Lauren, you've met her. She came on the podcast and talked about how we've been working together to help her stop hating medicine and she's doing great at that. And I'm, she gave me permission to share this story. Um, and uh, it is sort of the inspiration of this podcast, as well as um, a new offer that I'm going to be sharing, a new invitation that will be, I'll talk to you more about at the end of this podcast. <clears throat> so Lauren is turning 40 this year. And, um, you know, been, we've been doing this work together to help her stop painting medicine so much and to kind of just clear space in her mind and in her schedule for like personal time and a personal life and to like actually figure out what she wants. And so at the beginning of this year, I asked her, okay, so this year, 2023, what is it that you want? And one thing that she said um, is like, well, it would be amazing to take two months off this summer, like a full two months off. I've never done anything like that before. And I mean, it's an impossible thing. I'm definitely not going to do it. But one of the things is like, if you say that to a coach, like the place where I trained, they literally talk about setting impossible goals (laughs) as that's the goal (laughs) is to set them in ways that your brain will think it's impossible and see what happens if you actually take all the steps you need to take to make an impossible goal possible, like your brain explodes and your life changes forever, right? So when she said that, I went, ooh, I'm so excited for you. And we started doing planning. And to be honest, I was listening to her and coaching her and holding space for her, but there was a little voice in the back of my mind thinking, this sounds like a really good plan, Joan. Have you planned your summer this summer? (laughs) And I started to have this moment like after I got off the call with Lauren and I was like, oh, what if I made my summer? what I wanted it to be. And then it was amazing to see what my brain produces, all these objections and reasons why, which by the way, were pretty much all the same objections that Lauren had just told me that I had like coached her beautifully how to overcome. <laughs> and that's when I decided, okay, Lauren and I both need to have a good summer. We are going to have summers we can enjoy. And so um, that's when I decided, okay, I wanted this year to be different. I know how to do all of this. I know how to make an impossible thing happen in my life. I've been doing it a bunch this year. And I was fascinated to see what came up when I I considered doing it in this way, taking time more time off of work and, and everything that my brain offered me that told me it would be impossible for me to do so, that all the reasons why. Which meant immediately, I just know that that means universe is like issuing me an invitation to go ahead and do that thing that definitely I need to do it just to show my brain that it can be done. And also because it's time for us all to have an enjoyable summer, okay? So um, before, I wanted to share on this podcast something concrete. So whether or not you're interested in actually planning summer vacation or not, I still hope you'll find it useful for me to talk through my process of the work I've done so far in planning for my summer vacation. Um, Because there's a difference between wishing for something to be true, planning for something to happen, and deciding that something is going to happen and making it happen. Those are kind of three different sort of phases of, you know, in motivational interviewing, they talk about like different stages of, um, it's not change. I actually don't know what the word is in motivational interviewing. Someone tell me. But like, you know, pre-contemplative, contemplative. It's kind of like that. And so lots of times in the past, I've heard of people like, oh, this doctor always books their entire summer off. And I'd like wish I'd be like, that must be nice. And like wish that was a possibility. And then in the past few years, especially last year, I really wanted to make a plan about it. I'd um, The way it works at my office, it's me and five other docs. And um, we do have an agreement amongst ourselves that I, th- I think we can take up to three weeks. I always forget if it's two or three, but we can take, a, yeah, I think, up to three weeks throughout the summer. And we try and just balance it out. So like you know, all six of us don't go off on the same week. So we try and like trade off and make sure there's like at least minimum three doctors in the office on any given week. And we just cover for each other, which is awesome, by the way, I feel so grateful that I have that. But it sometimes it means you can't quite get the weeks you want. And it also means that like your colleagues are covering for you, but they're not seeing your patients and they're not fully processing and archiving your inbox. So whenever you go away, when you come back, you're you're dealing with all of the messages, which like, as I've described in previous podcasts, I know how to deal with, but it's still not like great. It's not fun. And it sometimes makes um, it a bit stressful for the staff and the docs that are still there when there's so many docs away because you're trying to manage your own practice as well as the other um, practices at the same time. And it makes it not very relaxing for the people that are there in the summer. I think historically summer's been such a quiet time um, and not that many people would want um, to access their doctor. And so it would just be an appropriate time, it would make sense to go away. But especially since the pandemic, um, it has not been quiet ever. And <laughs> maybe it was always a bit of a myth, like maybe it was always not that quiet. But now, you know, the past several summers, it, uh, it, it especially like uh, summer 2020 and 2021, like, people emerging from several months of kind of lockdown and Barely seeing a doctor and having actually restrictions to their ability to access healthcare during the winter months meant that the summer was like bananas. Like, so many people were coming in with like the issues that they've been holding on to for the past year, and they finally felt safe to come in and see you. But then, meanwhile, you're trying to go on vacation. Like, it was a mess. And so last year I was like, okay, I'm going to find a locum. That way, like when I go away, someone will be managing. And yeah, I'll still have some work to do, of course, but like I'll have way less work coming back and I'll feel good about like still offering access to my patients, even when I'm not there, because I'm starting to really believe deeply that it is a totally messed up system that patients rely on one person to access a particular part of their healthcare. That makes zero sense and is not a, a humane way to set up a system. And we'll go into my whole rant about that, but like, come on, can we not all see how that is not a good system? And so I was like, okay, so this can kind of show both my patients and myself that it doesn't have to be just me that cares for my patients. I can start to explore models where, you know, my patients see multiple different people, practice shares. Like I've held, I personally at this point um, have all these like ideas of ways that we could be practicing medicine that I want to explore in the future, right? And even the summer last year, I was like, well, at least it could, you know, get a break and get some locums and so then that way I will not have as much of a backlog to come back to and more of my patients will be seen even when I'm I'm gone, right? And so I tried very, I would say half-heartedly. It felt like a good attempt but I, I, I didn't succeed in finding a locum and then things got busy and so then I just did my normal thing which was fine. But this year I am going full force. I am not just wishing I had a locum for a good chunk of the summer and therefore a ton of time off. I'm not just planning and then bailing when it doesn't work out immediately. I am deciding what my summer will look like. And I've got all this training this past year how to make something happen and how to just not stop until I hit my goal. And so that is what I'm doing with the summer. So I wanted to offer you my summer decision thought process. So either you are a person who also needs to make summer decisions soon, and it will be helpful to hear what my thought process is and to consider um, how it could apply to you. And by the way, if you are in that scenario, I don't think you would have to be just in primary care, but if you're in a similar setup where you always struggle to take time off in the summer because you're self-employed, because it has impacts on patients and staff, and you have all these reasons, financial reasons, finding locum reasons, if you're If you can't really picture all doing that on your own, please listen to the end of this podcast because I'm going to talk about an offer that I've just created explicitly for this. When I mean offer, I mean, you know, um, a course, uh, something that you can participate in that I am hosting in order to uh, get your summer to be more enjoyable. But even if you're not in that situation, so say you're like employed, say you are someone who, you know, just submits for time off and then that's the end of it. I hope you will find it helpful just to hear about my thought process because there's something that you have maybe had attempts, maybe you wish could happen in your life. You've even had attempts to plan in your life, but you've never quite gotten to deciding and making it happen. And so I'm gonna walk you through what my thought process is and you can apply it to your situation even if it isn't about making summer plans, okay? All right, so basically there are three major steps that you need to take if you're going to go from wishing to planning to deciding on making something happen in your life. The first and most important thing is to understand and like your reason why you even want to make this choice, why you want to make this choice consciously. It is not allowed to have any shoulds attached to it. So a lot of people decide they're going to finally start exercising. They're going to finally lose weight. They're going to finally whatever and when they look at the reasons why it's a lot of shoulds a lot of because then you know it'll be easier for me to be accepted it's i don't know it's aren't you just supposed to exercise it's good for you or whatever but you don't actually like like that reason you just think that you have to and you actually feel quite guilty that you're not and so you want to like get rid of the guilt by finally doing the thing those things even if you end up doing them will not make your life better it's just (laughs) it's my opinion and based on my experience So the only reasons that you're allowed to use to fuel yourself to do this thing, which is going to be hard, right? It's going to have challenges and obstacles, and you're going to need to feel a lot of challenging feelings in order to make it happen. So we need a really delightful fuel, a why that's going to feel good in your body, that you're going to keep reminding yourself every time you feel like giving up. And that's what's going to get you from wishing to deciding and creating it and making it happen, okay? So I want to share my whys. So the reason why I want to actually create a summer I will enjoy, which will include a bunch of time off of work is I want to discover deeper levels of rest and pleasure for myself. This is something I've done work on. I've created courses in the past about rest. I have done a lot of different like pleasure and embodiment practices. And I know that there's more levels that I could uncover about reconnecting with myself as a human being, not just a human doing, and really just allow myself to be a human that I often can access better if I'm not, you know, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, which even on my best day is a little bit what happens at work. Like if I'm just go, 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 work, 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 do, do, do for others, there's no space to discover who I am without all of those things, right? I also want to practice being selfish and showing my brain that I don't die when I do that. This is something, it is part of my Activism work actually. I'm I'm quite convinced by writers like Adrienne Marie Brown, who wrote *Emergent Strategy* and also a book called *Pleasure Activism*, and um, uh, others like her in 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 movements that are are working on like liberating us all from shame and oppression. And being selfish is a concept that I just think is really steeped in all of those things. Because like each of our jobs as a human being is to only be selfish. Actually, our job is to serve ourselves and. You know, nourish ourselves and to ensure our own survival, and you know, offer what we can to other people, but really only so that we can survive. Like that's like kind of our biological imperative. And so the fact that when we do those sorts of things and just enjoy our time and enjoy being a human, that that has all been judged and deemed selfish. And actually, it's better to be selfless, which is to forget that you are a human being and just like do everything for everyone else. Is horrible in my opinion. It's a uh, That's ultimately one of the most toxic inhuman stories we have is that being selfish is bad. And so I want to practice doing that, though. I say that a lot and I do it in small ways. But one of the main objections my brain gave me when I actually listened to Lauren talking about taking a bunch of time off in the summer, I was like, how about how I would feel guilty about being selfish? And I was worried about people. And obviously I project onto others. Like maybe my husband would say it's I'm selfish. Maybe my my patients would say I'm selfish. Maybe my colleagues will say I'm selfish. And I was worried about all these people judging me as selfish, which means it's because I'm judging myself that that would be selfish to do. That's actually one of my reasons why I want to do it. I want to show my brain that doing what I want in this life will not kill me and it will serve me and will allow me to actually do more of what I believe in. For myself and others, it will allow me to do better work, more high quality, sustainable work and make a bigger impact on the world. You can tell I'm like convincing myself as I talk, but I read it. I've written down these reasons and I'm saying them out loud, like the whole creating this podcast, even if no one listens to it. This is just to, to really say out loud, both for me and also for Lauren, we're really doing it this summer. We are making this happen for us. Okay, that was reason number two. Um, reason number three, I have a bunch of reasons. You don't have to have a bunch, but I like, like just really giving myself a litany of whys, where it's like my brain has nowhere to run, even though it's trying to run away so fast and actually not do any of those things. I have no choice but to actually just do it. So number one, like I said, was rest, pleasure, being a a human. Number two was practicing being selfish and not dying. Number three is I want to show myself as well as my patients, colleagues, and all of you listening and all of you that follow me or who are clients or whatever, that it's possible to have a sustainable form of practice where patients are cared for without needing one human's 365 day presence. It's like I already said earlier. That model is bananas. This is the model that I really believe could save healthcare in a way, honestly. And I wanna start practicing it. I want to start building it and testing it and see what works and doesn't work to make it real, to make it a real practice so that in the future, ideally, it's the standard that like patients always have primary care access. They have maybe a main doctor or something, but they know that they are cared for by many, many different people. And it's not this like one person that they feel like they have to wait for. Like, I'm, I'm going to try and like break that mold. And by being away from my practice, I'm going to test how it works to break that mold, right? Um... And then the last reason which goes with that is like, I want to embody the future state of healthcare that I am currently imagining, where both service providers and receivers alike are able to show up with their full humanity accepted and celebrated, which will include good for you for taking time off, good for you patient for taking time off. Now, I'm not saying that if I come back and someone's like, how dare you take time off, my mission will have failed, because I'm aware of the messages that my patients and everyone in society has that it's selfish to take time off or whatever. But I want to embody what I imagine and want to help create, which is that this will be the norm. The only way a norm happens is by people starting to do it. So I have both like very personal, well, they're all personal reasons, but me impact and world impact, as you know, if you listen to my podcast and Emergent Strategy, I really believe those are all the same thing. So those are my reasons of why I really thought about them. I thought about like, what's gonna help me overcome all of my internal and external objections to making this happen. And I'm, I'm writing them down, I'm gonna like have them on a post, I'm gonna look at them every time I like wobble and decide maybe I won't actually take any time off this summer beyond, you know, the amount that's agreed to by um, my colleagues already, right? And so that brings me to number two. So now that I have my reason why, my driving force, I have to get real specific. I have to define very clearly what it is that I am deciding to make happen. And I can't let my brain wiggle around too much about it. It doesn't mean that if I don't get exactly this, I'll have totally failed the project, but the goal is to just make it something concrete to kind of measure how did it go, how close did I get, and really push myself to get as close to actually matching or beyond. So for me, I thought about it, and there's you know eight weeks in a summer. I want to take four weeks off. I am okay either of them all being in a row or being um, separate. There's certain weeks that I definitely want to take off anyway for like you know family planned vacation reasons, but I want some of those weeks to be just for me. The reason I feel fine about being flexible is, you know, that makes it a bit easier to find a locum. But I do have this like image of taking like a whole month off because that feels so decadent and selfish and terrifying to my brain. So that's like what I am going for is four weeks off, ideally in a row. And then the other four weeks, I want to reduce my hours that I offer care to patients um, in part. Uh, for a logistical reason that one of my kids is in like summer camps and they have like shorter hours. But because of that invitation to do it, I want also want to do it for me. I want to do it. How can I still have minimal reduction in care access to my patients while working less hours? My brain breaks a little bit when I think about how could my patients have equivalent amount of care throughout the summer? Because that's the other piece of the goal that's important to me. It doesn't have to be important to you, by the way, but to me, this is like some of my whys is like, I want to show my patients that me going off doesn't mean less care. I want to actually build that for them and for me, right? So how could I have equivalent care despite me being literally not there half the summer and then the other half of the summer, there are less hours. And so um, that's my goal. That's what I want to work on. And so I just say that to my brain. Okay, brain, this is what we're doing July uh, July and August. And then immediately my brain's gonna have a million, like what, how could we possibly, there's gonna be so many problems. And so that's not a sign to not do it. That's a sign to get out a pen and paper and start writing down what your brain objects to, right? Cause that's step number three, deciding that you will keep doing everything you can to make that decision happen. And then you plan based on your road box, right? So you have your why, which is step one. You have your what, which is step two. And then your how you figure out based on all the roadblocks that your brain gave to you. So all the roadblocks at first that my brain gave to me are about other people's opinions and my opinions and my feelings, I'll feel too guilty, I'll feel too blah, I'll feel too blah. Now that I have tons of strategies because I know that it is safe to feel all my feelings. And so I actually know that none of those, whether it's other people saying words to me about myself or my brain saying words to me about myself, or other people having emotions about something that I'm doing, or me having emotions about what I'm doing, none of those ever get to count as an obstacle anymore because actually all that is is just humans having the human experience. So I because I've done so much coaching, I can put those to the side. I know others would struggle, and so that's okay. That's why I actually... Like I said at the end of this podcast, going to talk to you about a way I could support you to do this work if you're interested, because that work, it's often that step, which is not even a legitimate barrier, in my opinion. Like it's so fast. I mean, I don't even get it back. And I'm like, oh, I just feel too bad. And so then we, so after we say, I feel too bad, then we say, it would be too hard because. And so then here's all the like, it would be too hard because, you know, How would I ever find the locum? How would I ever come up with the money for the locum? It would be too complicated, even though literally those are kind of the two things you need is figure out how much money you have in your budget and then go find a locum to pay. Those are the two steps. There's lots of mini steps in there to get those two steps, but actually those are the two main barriers for me to succeed in my plan. Because like I could do the first part of my plan immediately. I could email my office manager and be like, hey, I'm taking four weeks off and these are my hours for the summer, the end. Um, I think then probably one of my colleagues could take me to court because I will have like literally violated our agreement. So there would be some problems with that, but I could just do that. But for me, part of my goal is actually to... To maintain the same amount of patient care so that will involve actually doing some work some logistical work to find another human to come and care for my patients and so those are logistical barriers that don't mean i'm not going to do it but are to be planned and decided for right so some of the logistics are even just like who needs to know about your absence and and following through on a plan to tell them um, that was actually some of the first work I was doing with Florence. like who she's going to tell. And she's she told me earlier today, like, the more people I say out loud to, the more it becomes real. And that's, you know, again, she gave me permission to talk about it. And, and me on this podcast saying it out loud, I am supporting her further and making it actually happen. And then for me as well, me telling it to all of you is making it actually happen. So that's part of the logistics is start telling people, right? Mm-hmm in terms of finances. So that always seems like for me I have a lot of money drama beliefs, uh, socialized or for, for whatever reason. Um and so I I thought about it this morning actually, knowing I was going to record this podcast and I was like because my brain was saying, ah, it's too hard. How are you going to find the money? It's going to be too complicated, it's going to be too expensive. Da da da. But I've been doing a lot of research about simple ways to budget, simple ways to save, and like just making money very straightforward. And so I've made a plan of how I'm going to like set aside money, I did the math, how much money would I need, set aside that money, plan A, B, C in case that money disappears for some reason. So I just create the budget, save it, and then I know how much I need. And actually that's the end of the money drama because then that means the money will be in the account to be paid to the loco, right? And then the last step, which may involve actually the most like legwork, is finding a loca, because that's the, the part that's actually not fully in my control. I do have to find another human to say yes to something, right? Um, thankfully, I've done a ton of work in a very similar area and gotten a lot of training and have a lot of sort of expertise in not stopping until you find the right person because that's what I've been doing this whole year marketing my coaching and education services. I've also um, heard it um, and I've had it taught to me not only in sort of making offers um, for coaching services but or other kinds of business services but also like dating And, and in all of these realms it's the same idea where like you think of all the different places you could find someone. So in this case, a locum. Think of all the different places you can find a locum and start knocking on all the doors, start sending out all the emails. And when you inevitably get a bunch of no's, that's usually when people stop. That's where I stopped last year. I got a bunch of no's and I was like, well, I guess there aren't any locums out there, right? But if I know actually that if I ask enough people, someone will say yes, someone will. And the reason I know it is that I have seen how it has always happened in every other area of my life, right? And so, especially if I keep thinking outside the box. So, you know, maybe I advertise in all the places, I advertise three times, I email everyone I know, I phone call everyone, I do everything, and I I literally can't find an MD locum for some reason. I could also start asking all the NPs, like, what are other ways? Like, let's get creative, right? And so, really, it's about just continuing to advertise and to try and to ask and to think of the 10 different ways you could find a locum in this case, or whatever thing it is that you want someone else to, you know, maybe you're trying to hire a secretary or, you you know, whatever it is. Maybe you are actually looking for a new job and you're like, oh, it's so hard. It's the same process. You, one of the things you do is plan for all the no's, plan for all the rejection and make that part of the mission. So it's actually like you're winning if you get another no, because it means you're closer to your yes, right? And so I have all the skills to figure that part too, right? And then the last thing is planning what you're actually going to do on these vacation weeks. Sometimes we think we have to have that first, but I'm actually holding space for the fact that I don't know what I'm going to do with those weeks and I don't want to overplan them. I want to have lots of space for my body and brain to panic about not being useful in the world. Because like I said, that's one of my whys. I'm, like It's going to be sitting somewhere very still, Reading a book, maybe? I don't know, but like, I want to do things that are selfish. I want to do things that are for me. I'm going to plan a few things, and that'll be fun to have a few things anchored and planned, but also leave a lot of space for whatever may come through the summer. Like, how wild would that be not to have every inch of a vacation planned ahead of time to make it quote unquote worth it to go on vacation? Right? That's blowing my mind even saying it out loud. My body feels like it's rejecting the idea a little bit, but in a good way. And then beyond that, thinking about my pre and post vacation schedule to give me time to catch up on what's happened to my patients. Like I want to take this opportunity that honestly Lauren gave to me. I didn't have this goal for this year. I was like, you know, gonna do stuff with coaching and whatever, but I wouldn't, I didn't really have a thought about summer yet until Lauren offered it as her goal. And so at least Lauren and I, are going to be doing something to make sure both of us get our enjoyable summer. And so, um, yeah, this is the part where I talk to you about what's going to happen over the next few weeks that if you want, you can join us um, in making your summer enjoyable. So if you uh, have listened to this podcast so far and you're like, oh, it was cool to hear Joan's process, I'll reiterate the process that I use to make something go from planning to deciding to making happen, which is first you you figure out your why, then you figure out your what, then you figure out your how by getting going. And as roadblocks come up, you learn the new part of the how, and you basically just don't stop howing (laughs) until the what has happened, right? And so, and fueled by the why, that's the three-step plan. And so if now you are no longer interested in hearing about um, a group coaching opportunity that would help you have a summer plan, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. But for everyone else who is still listening, I want to offer you an invitation to join Lauren and I. I keep saying Lauren. She said she was in and I hope she's still in. But if she doesn't show up because she wasn't available, that's fine. But I'm definitely going to be there. (laughs) I'm calling it Operation Enjoy Your Summer. Basically, it's a pop-up coaching and accountability group that I'm going to start February 13th. I'm recording this January 30th. The podcast is going to drop uh, uh, February 6th. So literally... You will have a week to decide if you're in or out about this thing because I do think if we want to give everyone who participates the best chance of really finding a locum, like the time to start doing all the planning and getting over your objections and making your budget like should happen now, just logistically speaking, it's going to give you the most space. And so it's going to start February 13th. The first Zoom session is going to be, they're going to be on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, just four of them planned so far, where... um. Basically, I'm running a pop-up group with the specific goal of planning what your enjoyable summer will look like and making it happen. So that's why I'm actually saying like it will run for at least four weeks, but I will keep this group open as long as it needs to be open until every single person in this group has their plan not just like planned but they like they have their locums booked they have their reservations made at their dream whatever like you in the first couple weeks it's all going to be making that plan and deciding what your summer is going to look like and getting through all of your like mental objections of not knowing what you want and all of that stuff and like setting kind of the goal and then the next subsequent weeks we'll talk about the logistics we'll talk about you know, saying the plan out loud to other people, all of that stuff. So that'll happen both like in the Zoom calls, but also a private Slack channel where in between calls, and as long as you need it, you will have my support through coaching and the other people in the group's peer support to cheer each other on to actually get this done. And so the topics that we're gonna talk about both in the Zoom calls and in the Slack channel are as follows. So like I said, making the plan and saying it out loud to other people Most people just don't even get, they're like, I don't know. Do I want this? Do I want this? Like it's, we're going to have a deadline to make a decision and move forward with that decision, period. That's the goal. I have mine. Lauren has hers. We're going to help you create yours in the first couple of weeks. And we are going to decide and then create what we decided. It's going to be amazing. And so after we've decided, then I will, I will hold the space and together we will help each other plan the logistics, the schedule planning, all of that stuff, who you need to notify, which call schedules you have to check, like think it all through so that it's like a clean break from your work. Or maybe you're actually not interested in having a clean break from your work, but you want different hours over the summer, whatever, right? Like you're going to make this what your enjoyable summer would look like for you, right? We're going to do a whole thing about locum recruitment strategies. So what I just described, getting enough no's, like, you know, and because we'll be in this group setting, we can share tips about what's working and not working, right? I'm going to give you a whole Zoom session about finances, both the mindset and strategy stuff. I'm going to share with you what process I'm using to budget and save loc- like a locum fund for myself, so that I'm not stressed about affording the locum or not. There's always a way you can look at your, your uh, bank account and figure out the math of paying for a locum. Our brain has a lot of drama about it. When it comes to, to the math of the money, it is not actually as dramatic as we make it, okay? And then the rest of the time, like once we've got it all booked, maybe we stop meeting by Zoom, but until the summer happens, I'm hoping that from time to time that Slack channel will still be us like, hey, I found this really cool cottage or like, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you guys can share cottages. I don't have a cottage, but if some of you have cottages you wanna swap and make that part of your plan, like if enough people join this, it could be really fun and collaborative And what we can help each other accomplish in terms of our dream summer plans, right? And so those are some of the topics and the goal is like basically whatever you need to create your enjoyable summer define what it is and then make it happen that is the goal of this group okay so like i said there'll be some zoom calls even if you can't attend them those will be recorded for those in the program to listen to after so you can hear all of the teaching that i have but also the support to others which is always very useful to like hear how your brain would probably wanna solve the problem as well. And then the Slack channel, which is like a mess of like a private messaging forum. And we can just be messaging as often as you need, you know, as you're, I need some support. I'm about to press send on the Facebook post, but I'm scared. Okay, so I'll coach you. Let's like get you going. Let's make sure you do it right. And connecting with each other and making this like an enjoyable summer for everyone. I'm also assuming I'm going to develop some resources in order to create my enjoyable summer, like a locum ad template. I already have started yesterday a financial planning spreadsheet that I've just begun to like help budget it out. And um, I can offer you worksheets I've already created to help you kind of discover what it is that you want and help you make a decision like stuff I've used in my other work. You'll have access to that in our group as well. And then I don't usually talk about money on this podcast, but I kind of just want to put it out on the table for anyone who's interested because we have a week. You have a week to decide if you want to be in this group or not. And if you're listening to this after February 2023, I really hope you pause by now because none of this is applicable. Unless this becomes an annual thing, that'd be kind of fun. Anyways, so if you're interested in joining, enlisting in Operation Enjoy Your Summer for summer 2023, you must do so by February 13th on Monday, I haven't decided a day. So if it's still February 13th, probably you can still register. And then um, the cost of it is $500. So it's $250 to join. And then I will not collect the other $250 until your plan is fully booked and in place. So, I mean, I'm probably not gonna collect most of the, the, the second 250 until like July, just to make sure like the plan has been executed. And if you don't end up getting the enjoyable summer you want, if you actually don't get what you need from the program in order to create it for yourself, I will give you all of your money back. So it's funny to talk about money, but I think it's important. I wanted to choose an amount that was meaningful for people. I chose $500 because I've learned that sometimes if you price things at a a lower rate, um, that can have an impact on people's motivation to follow through. It's weird, but I have experienced it personally, like stuff that I've bought for $50, I still haven't opened, stuff that I've bought for much higher, I definitely make sure I'm there every week, you know? Um, And I liked how in a lot of places where I work at least, $500 is about a half days equivalent for like a per diem for a locum. So basically it's like you're paying one extra half day of locum salary in order to get the summer of your dreams. I thought that was a fun amount. So. That's the invitation to those still listening. If you want to have an enjoyable summer and you are a human in healthcare where this applies to you, where you need to plan ahead for yourself because you're self-employed, because you manage your own finances, I would love for you to join me and Lauren and whoever else wants to come and have an enjoyable summer. I know that I have all of the coaching and mindset, strategy, facilitation tools to get you there. And I know that the more people that join, the easier and richer it's gonna be, because like I said, we can do like trade swapping, like the first person who posts in one site can tell us if it was worth it or not, what was the cost, so we can make it easier for each other in mutual collaboration. And also by holding each other accountable, hey, have you booked yet? Have you signed, right? This is what coaching and this kind of work is like made for and I'm so excited. I honestly thought of this idea yesterday. So we are making it happen. Um, and I really hope that you join me. And um, oh, if you want to join me, there'll be the link in the show notes. Um, and it also joanchanmd.com slash summer is where you'll be able to register. I hope you join me. And if you don't, because it didn't apply to you or this isn't the summer for you, or you, al- you already have an amazing, enjoyable summer every year, you just wanna like send me tips or whatever, you know where to find me at Joan Chan MD on all the social medias. And I will also talk to you next week on our next episode. Take care, everybody. I hope no matter what, you end up having an enjoyable summer this year. I would love to hear from you. Please share your human moments in medicine with me on Instagram at Joan Chan MD or on my website, joanchanmd.com. On my website, you can also find other restorative medical education offerings I have, including one-on-one coaching opportunities and skill-building workshops. I look forward to connecting with you there.